0: We are committed to becoming more, to making more money, to having more opportunities, growing physically and mentally strong, writing our own destinies, fighting and conquering our demons, breaking addictions, facing rejection, conquering our fears, rejecting external validation and the need for acceptance, taking 100% responsibility and complete charge of our lives. I'm John Sanmez and I'm a fucking bulldog. What's up, Bulldogs? All right, today I have a I have a guest uh, on the on the channel, and uh, his name is Brandon Blaze, and he's actually a fellow Bulldog, and I thought it'd be kind of cool to share with you guys his story because he's had a lot of success adopting uh, the Bulldog mindset and and just doing a lot of really cool things in his life, uh, Brandon. I've been kind of going back and forth with Brandon over the years and uh, and have stayed in touch with him and it's just kind of cool to see like the progress that he's made you know adopting some of these these mindset and uh, and you know I just wanted to give you guys a, a story that will kind of encourage you uh, on, on your way because i know a lot of you are you know some of you are, are starting out on the path and uh you know some of you have, have made some decent progress but uh, i want to show you kind of what what is what is possible here so so welcome and, and thanks for coming on brandon
1: Hey, how's it going, John? Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, honestly, before we get into it too, too much, um, I just wanted to say thank you. Um, as you mentioned before, I know going back going way back, uh, shoot, I don't remember seven, eight years ago. Um, you helped me out a lot. You know, uh, I was looking for some business advice. I think, I think this was even before your YouTube channel, before you even got into the the plural site stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember you're like, Hey, let's get together. Let's talk. And, um, you were super busy and, um, you made time for me and I really appreciate it. I think we had scheduled like a half hour Skype call and I don't remember exactly how long we went. I, I feel like we went an hour and a half and you really, I could tell you were really listening and, um, you gave me some really solid advice. And um, you know that was before you know nobody was watching. This was just yeah. wasn't on YouTube, wasn't any of that. It was just you know you wanted to help me out, and uh, I really appreciate that. So thank you, I appreciate that.
0: Oh, well, you're welcome. Cool. And uh, I'm you know I'm glad it's, it's cool to see that that you've taken t- taking the, the advice and and have, you know just the, the progress that you've made. So so yeah. So uh, so yeah. So I thought maybe we could talk about that some today, just like kind of what maybe maybe you can give your story. And you know where where you've been, where where you're where you're going, and and kind of some of the the things that you've you've adopted, the lessons that you've learned along the way, that are that are you know kind of part of this this bulldog mindset.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean it's been it's been awesome. You know since we since we had that call, you know seven eight years ago, just to see how you've progressed and with your channel and your blog and all the things you're doing. Fitness has been awesome to see that. Um, You know, some of the things for myself, one of the big things along the fitness um, lines is I lost 50 pounds. Um, Now, in in full disclosure, um, that was kind of in in a couple of different iterations. Yeah. Uh, um, um, And, you know, I'm definitely not saying I'm I'm at my goal or anything like that. Um, Still looking to lean out a little bit more and build some muscle. But uh, it was definitely a, a good, you know, a good start. Um, and you know, I watch your, your videos, your fitness videos, uh, some of the supplements and things you recommend, uh, the OMAD, you know, talking about that, I've adopted some of that. That's been really helpful. Um, but honestly, I just think it's really cool. Like looking at, looking at even like your before and after pictures, you know, and like, I, I can kind of relate cause I'm like, yeah, you know, I was, I was out of shape, you know, yeah. um, I was, you know, you kind of like dig into that hole. And you kind of let yourself go and you're like, oh man, how do I, how do I get out? Um, But, you know, some of the things you're preaching on this, on this channel have definitely helped me out uh, with the fitness stuff. Um, So that's been big. And then um, just on some of the, the kind of the life side, um, I've had uh, three kids um, since, since we last talked, uh, Mason and Grant and Preston. Um, and that's been awesome. Uh, three young kids, Preston's the yeah. oldest, he's four years old. Um, but you know, honestly, since having kids, your channel even resonates more with me. And I was thinking about that a little bit. I'm like, why, why is that? And I think it's because a lot of what you talk about, um, it, it's geared towards young men, you know? Right. Yeah. and And kind of advice to help young men grow and develop. And I just think that that's super important as, you know, especially as I, as a father having boys and realizing, you know, I'm going to be an example to these guys, you know, and I'm going to want to be able to share some wisdom with them and kind of help them navigate, um, as they get a little bit older. And and honestly, I think, um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I feel like young men are kind of, um, I almost want to say under attack or maybe manhood itself is kind of under attack. Yeah, I think um, that's fair to say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so that's why, you know, having a voice like yours um and you know, being a part of that community is 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 important to me. You know, because I feel like it's something it's something valuable and it's worth defending and I've got some young kids and and um you know, I want to be able to see them grow into successful young young men. Um, so I was kind of thinking about that a little bit as I was, you know, trying to prepare. Like, oh man, what am I going to talk about with John? You know, um, in terms of some of the uh, successes and some of the life stuff, I think that goes hand in hand with the principles, you know, you're preaching on this channel. A um, couple of cool things. So, since we talked, I've been involved with several startups, nice. um, and I think I've been kind of like yourself, bitten by that entrepreneurial bug. Good. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like once you get, at least for me, once you get a taste of it, like I was kind of, I was kind of weary, you know, jumping into the water at first. Yeah, um, yeah. Once you get a taste of it, though, it's like, oh, man, this is, this is awesome. Um, and it's kind of like what you said. I remember um, when you did your interview with Dan Locke um, and you were just talking about the difference between kind of making, making money working for somebody else. And it's just, it's just like a job. Right. Versus like you make money on your own, you, you know, as a, as part of a, as part of a startup or as part of, you know, being an entrepreneur. And it's like, it's like completely different, even though it could be the same amount of money. It's just like a totally different feeling, you know?
0: Exactly. Yep. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. Um, so the first startup I was a part of, uh, the name of it was Accountable Care Associates. Um, really, really interesting company in Springfield, Massachusetts. Um, they were in healthcare IT. Um, it it's pretty cool. Um, healthcare has been politicized, and you know I won't go too deep into that. You know, there's all sorts of opinions on on the politics of healthcare. Um, but I think the 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 mission is noble. Of how can we provide, you know, using technology provide better healthcare to more people. right? And, and maybe even like lower the cost. So as a part of that, um, we thought we were gonna be like the Google of healthcare. We thought that uh, that business was just gonna take off and you know we were all gonna be like millionaires one day. Unfortunately, it went belly up. Um, but you know, I wouldn't trade that experience for the world.
0: Oh, sure, yeah, no, you um, learn, right?
1: So. Yeah, I mean, being a part of a failed startup, you just, you learn, so much, um, and, and this ties into one of the principles I know you've heard, uh, or you, you've you mentioned on this channel, which is, it's not so much what you do, it's more about who you become. Exactly, you know? so, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, the results are great, like, don't get me wrong, if I made a million dollars on that startup, like, that would've been awesome, you know, I would've right. been, you know, that would've <laughs> been great, you know, um, but I just learned so much, and that that actually opened the door to a couple of other startups kind of down the road. Um, so after that went belly up, I did kind of get a, a kind of regular kind of corporate job for a little bit uh, for about a month or so. Um, I also did some work on some hobby project. I didn't honestly go too far. That that was actually the one that you had helped me with. That was uh, uh, that uh, content management system. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. So it was kind of a cool concept. Um, Unfortunately, it didn't go too far. That was uh, SiteMailCMS.com. I worked on that with my guitar teacher. Um, but what that taught me, and again, what you—I know you have mentioned before on this channel—it's just have that hobby project. Yeah. Um, I learned a ton of stuff. I, I went through the initial system. I learned a lot about MVC and Entity Framework, um, and you know, client-side frameworks, and just getting into AWS and getting into the cloud. So that was super cool. Then I rewrote it using .NET Core. Um, so that was really neat. So even though that project itself didn't like take off, um, just you know having that experience that like hands-on experience with the tech was super valuable and I carried that forward with me. Um, so that's something I know you're always encouraging guys to do is just like have those projects, you know? Um, yeah, you it's should
0: always have some kind of side project, right? Otherwise, you know, because then you're developing your skills and, and, you know, and you never know, like one of those things could really take off. I mean, heck, the entire thing, why I got started with entrepreneurship, like Simple Programmer, the blog was my side project. And then it became, you know, my business after that. But, but yeah, I, I didn't anticipate to that it would become so big. So.
1: Yeah, that was I was actually going to ask you what your favorite uh, like hobby project was or your favorite kind of side thing. Would you say it, it was simple programmer or
0: Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to think if there's something else that. I mean, I I did like, you know, the the Android and, and iPhone app which was which was which was fun, but but yeah, but simple programmer was was always cuz it was the most exciting thing just like seeing that grow and then, you know, and just getting it to you, the, the point where, where it is and yeah so it that was definitely the most fun yeah
1: awesome awesome um I still remember you had that series on there was it was it bat, B-A-T? Uh-huh. Like about some of the some of the basic that was I still go back to that sometimes I <laughs> was I really enjoyed that um but yeah um so so currently where I'm at um my day job is I'm the senior director of development for pulse 8. Um, so that is healthcare analytics. So kind of harkening back to that, to that first startup. And we've oh, actually right. got a, a few people from that first startup as a part of Pulse 8. Um, man, I'll tell you, talk about bulldog mindset. Um, I've never worked at a place with so many bulldogs. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. and the company's kind of, you know, honestly, when I got there, it was about 20 or so people, um, we're well over a hundred now we're growing like crazy. Um, I've had some pretty good financial success there. Um, I got in early enough where I was able to, you know, get some, some stock options and things like that. And, um, after the first startup failed, I was like, oh man, I'm not really sure if I want to kind of get back into that. I'm so glad I did, man. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really, first of all, again, it's in healthcare. It's in, we're doing stuff, really cool stuff with machine learning and analytics, predictive analytics. So really, really cool stuff, helping people out um but um it's also just it, it's like the accountability and the transparency at pulse 8, it's like mind blowing and every single person they put such a big focus on the culture at mm-hmm. pulse 8, like every single person there has that mindset um which is awesome um and in the accountability and the transparency it goes two ways so you know, I've been in part of places before where they preach transparency and accountability, but it's kind of like when your butt is on on the line, they hold you accountable. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, it doesn't necessarily go the other way. You know, when, you know, higher ups are having meetings talking about finances or corporate strategy, you know, those are like in smoke-filled back rooms and, you know, you don't hear much about it. At Pulse 8, every week we have a strategy meeting where our VP of finance, everybody's on the call and they go through like in plain English, like, "Hey, here, you know, like, here's where we're at in terms of revenue. You know, this is the budget for the quarter, or this is the budget for the quarter, and like, we need to close X, Y, and Z in order to hit that. Or, you know, good news, we're way ahead. But uh, if you do A, B, and C, you know, I can always like directly tie it to what I'm working on. Um, so just th- that accountability and transparency is is refreshing." Um, so that's been really cool. And then I think, you know, what I'd reached out to you this, this last time when we connected, uh, via email, uh, helping to launch, uh, events at home.co. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. and I think you, you kind of had an interesting way of describing it, which I think makes sense. It's almost like an Airbnb, uh, for events, which is really cool. So the idea is, um, we're basically connecting homeowners so people who have you know nicer properties maybe they've got a second property maybe they've got a barn on their property um, we're connecting them with people looking for unique and a very affordable venues for weddings, for corporate events, for parties, for all sorts of things. So you're not getting like the cookie cutter venues that a lot of people have. Um, and it's also giving homeowners a chance to make some extra money. And honestly, if you don't even wanna open up your home, but you've just got a nice piece of property, um, if you don't wanna open it up for overnight visits and stuff like that, like you don't have to do that. You can rent your backyard um, for the day you know, you're gone for the day and you're making money and, you know, somebody else has a really unique venue. So that's like just getting off the ground. Um, but again, uh, working with, you know, some of the connections from that first startup mm-hmm. um, has been really cool. Um,
0: yeah, I really, so- I really like that idea. It's, it's a really, really good idea. I, I think, I mean, especially in this sharing economy, because I, I can think of like, I mean, it's, it's, it's to, to me, it's, it's somewhat more appealing than Airbnb being your space. If you've got the right space for it, right? Because it's like, you, it doesn't inconvenience you. You don't have to have a stranger staying in your home, right? You're, you know, if it's a corporate or a wedding or, or something like that, that's, that's kind of cool. And you could probably demand a, a pretty high price for, for something like that. So, so yeah, that, that seems like a really cool, cool idea. I can think of a lot of, a lot of ways that, that you could use that. And, and like even, even for like conferences, like I like, you know, a lot of a lot of this, I think you could disrupt this this industry where a lot of the the hotels, right, are you know they're 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 basically, you know, for conventions and conferences and corporate events, right? It almost seems like, well, you know, if you've got like a beach house, <laughs> uh, you know, you can <laughs> that that would be pretty pretty awesome is to 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 be able to have Uh, make a, make a lot of money from that. And, and that'd also be awesome. I think from, uh, to have your event at a location like that where, you know, we're, we're just kind of, yeah. So, so I like it. I think it's, I think it's got a a huge amount of potential. The big thing with that, I would say though, is like, you've got to get the network effect, right? Because you Mm. have to have, you know, with that kind of a startup, you have to have both, enough listings and enough people looking at the listings in order to, to make that, that work. I see that you're starting in like one, one state, which, which makes sense to me that, that would, you know, this way you can get enough traction because if you have it all over the place, then it's going to be very hard to connect the buyers or the sellers.
1: So. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. John, you, you are right on. And that's kind of one of the things, um, I'm learning and and have learned from from past startups is that um and I think you've you've mentioned this before on your channel that the technology is cool, mm-hmm. um, but it's not always, and lots of times it's not the biggest piece of the puzzle. A lot of times the biggest piece of the puzzle is you know you've gotta you kind of have to have that sort of baseline of technology where. It's usable, it looks pretty decent, you know, like it's not gonna crash when people go in there and try to list their home or do whatever, right? Um, But the bigger piece, like if nobody knows about it, like if you can't market it, if you can't get that network effect, like you're not going anywhere. Um, So, you know, you could have the best tech in the world, you know, we could be putting rovers on Mars, but if nobody knows about it, we're not gonna make a penny, you know, so. Um, but yeah, luckily our CEO is uh, Sarah Parlos, and she's in the event planning industry, so oh, okay. she's got a, a lot of connections. She actually kind of pulled the team together because she was she was just seeing through her event planning business. Hey, I've got people coming to me that are looking for unique venues, um, and. Are, you know, they're kind of tired of the the cookie cutter venues, you know? Um, and I also, you know, she lives in Suffield, a really nice part of Connecticut and she's like, and I know I've got neighbors who have really nice property that would probably be open to, to opening it up and, and just making a few extra bucks, right? Like maybe you can help pay your property taxes. Maybe you can, you know, for, for like you said, you know, a very uh, unintrusive way to make some, some extra cash. So, um, that that's, you know, that's the hope anyways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it. I think it. I think it's a good idea, but, but yeah, like you said, it's, it's really, you've got to, got to get it going. Got to get the, you know, it's not just the, the technology or the, or the idea, but, uh, but yeah, but, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully you'll be able to, to get some traction on it. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so in terms of, you know, in terms of the principles, um, I had come up with a, a top five list. Um, I thought maybe I could just go through and just let you know, just real quick. I know we, we hit on some of these, but some of the things that you've said over time that, uh, that have really made an impact and, and how I've been able to kind of connect that, you know, there's the business side and the fitness side, but just even just like personally, cause a lot of your channel seems to be about growth and development, especially for young men. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about that for sure. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. First one, um, and I, I kind of learned this early on, just be careful who you associate with. And I know you've mentioned this several times on your channel Um, and I've heard, you know, Jim Rohn talk about this as well. I think you've mentioned this, the same quote that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah, Um, It's like, you have one kind of bad relationship whether it's a girlfriend or a friendship or business partner, whatever it is, that can have a huge negative impact. I mean, huge. Um, but likewise, you know, if you have those positive relationships, um, that can help bring you up. And what I what I'm trying to do now is, you know, I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room, right? Right. And um, I'm not saying that that th- that's a hard a high bar to set. Um, but I'm looking for opportunities to grow. I'm looking to connect with people like yourself, like others, right where I'm like, wow, this person's been successful. Let me pick their brain. let me let me learn from them and see kind of what it is they're doing because I'm trying to get to that next level, you know. Um, so that was that was one big thing. Um, another big thing that you 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 talk about a lot is just, and I'll s- phrase it a little bit differently than I think you've worded it on your channel. Mm-hmm. Um, but just taking pride in your name um and taking pride in yourself and your work that's something that's been a huge motivator for me when i'm working on something whether it's a piece of code or whatever it is whatever it is i'm doing i'm always thinking my name is on this like if i put this out there to the world or put this out there to john or put this out there to whoever um they're going to come back and say brandon did this and i want that to be a positive thing um and there's a really good quote, you know, not not to turn this into a bible study or anything, but there's a really good quote in Proverbs that I like um, that says, "Do you see a man skilled in his work, he will stand before kings." And I always kind of have that in the back of my mind cuz you know, that's that's kind of my goal, you know, is to is to get skilled at my craft. And I just think about you and all the stuff you've been able to accomplish with like even your plural site stuff, right? And just like the amount of courses you were able to crank out and you know I know you've got that uh that series about like how to learn anything uh I forget what it is in like a certain amount of time I freak right yeah the 10 steps learn anything quickly yep Mm -hmm. yeah and I'm like that's it like work at your you know have have pride in your name but also work at your craft you know have those side projects um develop your skills hone those skills um the other thing um that stood out to me is your word is your bond. And I know you, you talked a little mm. bit about, uh, I saw this on your uh, review of Donald Trump's uh, The Art of the Deal. Oh, yeah. About, yeah. You, do you remember telling that story about that guy who, um, he like made a deal with Donald Trump and I guess it was, I don't know the details, it was like a bum deal. Do you remember mm. that? Uh-huh, and, yeah. And then his lawyer or somebody was talking to him and was like, dude, you should pull out of this thing. Like, this is total BS. And the guy's like, I don't want to hear that. Like, I shook hands with this guy. My word is my bond. Like, we're doing this. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, um, I think about that. I mean, that's, that's definitely had a huge impact on me. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm doing it. And that's it. And it doesn't matter what the downside is or if I'm going to lose something. Like, if I've committed to it, well, we're going to get it done. You know, um, and again, I, I, I think, I think of that story specifically that you told, um, from that book um, another thing real quick was just not being a hypocrite um, I actually I, I wanted to ask you a question on this so let me just tell the story real quick and I'd ask you something about this um, so in high school, typical teenage boy for whatever reason don't know why got into smoking cigarettes stupid I don't know why you know me and my buddies thought we were cool right um, and the thing is you know every once in a while my parents would catch me mm-hmm. and it really bothered my mom like i could tell she was she was really really upset about it and she used to um you know i'd be out working or you know be at school and sometimes she'd she'd go through my room she'd find my cigarettes and she'd throw them out and you can imagine i wasn't wasn't thrilled with that um but um so i remember one day though i got home from school and she was just so frustrated and so upset she like she just couldn't deal with it like i you know i just stunk like cigarettes and um she found some in my room and she was like literally almost on the verge of tears i i felt like i was like this big like making my mom cry like way to go you know and she's like brandon and she's like i can't deal with it anymore you know i'm gonna let your father deal with it i'm like oh shoot you know yeah. so <laughs> you never know what dad's gonna do you know yeah um and you know my dad my dad had like a real man's job you know like he wasn't sitting there on a computer, I mean, you know. Not that that's not a man's job, but you know, like he had a physical job. He's a yeah. big guy. He's got the, like the big booming voice, and um, so I was like, "All right, well, you know, here we go." Right. So she gives my dad the cigarettes, um, and then I, I go. I think I was into the living room. Go to talk to my dad, and you know, honestly, I expected him to ground me and yell at me and throw throw out the cigarettes and do whatever. Right. And my mom leaves the room, and he says you know, Brandon, um, and he, he kind of, he hands, kind of, he hands, he hands the cigarettes back to me. He says, you know, as much as I, I want you to quit smoking, I don't feel that it's right for me to tell you, Hey, don't smoke when I smoke myself. He's like, so I'm not going to do that. He's like, but what I'll ask is just out of respect for me and your mom, don't do it in front of us, especially don't do it in front of your mother. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, and he gave him back to me and he's like, and Hey, by the way, Um, I fully expect that when I quit, you're going to be there with me, helping me. Right. You know, is that a deal? Is that fair? You know, fair enough. I'm like, yeah, dad, you know, and that kind of blew me away just because that wasn't the response I was expecting. That's not the response. You know, you might expect a dad to give his son. Um, but the, the, as much as he hated me smoking, he hated being a hypocrite more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I don't know if it was just, you know, that, that generation. I don't know if it's just, just my dad. He was also, you know, in the military and I, um, I went back, I was watching some of your videos last night. Your, your dad was in the military too, right? When you were younger. Yeah. 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 He was Air Force. Yeah. He 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 was the Air Force. So um, I don't know. I, I was, was your dad kind of like the same way, kind of like a, a heavy, not a heavy hand, but kind of, kind of strict, kind of firm or,
0: yeah yeah i would say so for sure yeah definitely Yep.
1: yeah Yeah. so but yeah uh, no
0: that's an interesting yeah I, i i like i like that 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 approach to it and i think it's important too i mean it's like you 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 have to realize i think in life too that you just can't force people to to do anything right they always they always have to do it out of their own choice right that's a a big principle from dale carnegie's book how to win friends and influence people also said that you you can't you can't you know make anyone do anything that they don't want to do and uh and and it's you know i I think that it's uh it it makes sense a lot lot of times to you know to if you if you give someone right i I think a lot of times what we, we we tend to do is we lecture someone or tell them what they shouldn't do uh, instead it's a lot of times it's just more effective just to point out something, right. Just to say, Hey, you know, I, I noticed this, right. And not to make it, not attach a judgment to it. And then let them make the judgment, let them do the thing that they're going to do. And, uh, and yeah, cause you know, ultimately you can't control it. Like, you know, a lot of situations, like if you think about it, even from your dad's perspective, even if he tried to force you to quit smoking or to not smoke, what, I mean, how could he really, do that, right? There's, there's not much that, that he could do. It, it's it's a decision that you're going to have to make on your, on your own. And so to give someone that, uh, that freedom is, I think is important. So it's hard to do though. It's very hard to do.
1: Yeah. But you, John, you hit the nail right on the head, man. And, um, and it is hard to do. Like when you really, really care about somebody or something, um, it's a tough thing to just realize and recognize the truth which is exactly what you just said. You don't have as much control as maybe you'd like. Um you can't force people to do stuff. I mean shoot, I've got little kids. I I can't even force, you know, my 4-year-old to do stuff, never mind, you know, a yeah. teenager or a grown man or, you know, a business partner or, or your wife or girlfriend, you know, so um yeah. yeah. There's a, another Dale Carnegie one. This
0: one I always remember is <clears throat> a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. And mm. uh, I think that's a good one to, <laughs> to think about because sometimes you can win the like the arm wrestling, but uh, but you haven't really, you know, it's hearts and minds, like you may have won logically, but you haven't won the heart. If you haven't won the heart, you, you haven't won.
1: So. John, let me ask you something while we're on that. Um, mm. So, you know, in terms of, in terms of, uh, management, right, because <clears throat> my management style tends to be, I want to hire really smart people and kind of just let them do their thing. Mm. Um, and you know, I can maybe help if they're blocked with something, I can maybe help set priorities, um, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, but I've always kind of felt that like, if you truly do have the best idea, um, along those same lines, you ought to be able to convince, convince the team, right? Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have to like mandate stuff. You should be able to say like, Hey guys, let's get together, whiteboard this thing out, best idea wins. And like, let's go forward with it. Right. And in theory, in a management position, that to me sounds awesome. In practice, I've had kind of mixed results where even though we've got, and I've worked with talented teams, you do kind of get this gridlock right? Cause there can be a thousand different ways to do something. Um, and what I found is, you know, as the manager, sometimes you have to just step in and say like, look, we might not be able to all get to consensus here. And I think Jeff Bezos talks a little bit about this um, and that's fine. Like we've, we've kind of said our piece um, here's what we're doing and like move on. And I, I don't know, like, how do you reconcile those two? Right? because on the one hand you're, you're trying to have like a meritocracy, On the other hand, though, you're like, we got to get stuff done, you know, so what's what's your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I would I could take it back to kind of, you know, one of the things I talk about just just running your life in general. Right. Which is that, you know, I always tell people that I don't take feedback. Right. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and and some people get upset by that. But this is what I mean by that is that. I I hear the feedback like I hear when people are but I ultimately make my own decision and it's it's irregardless of what other people think I should do and what they've advised right so I'm hearing all the information, but then I'm processing it and then deciding what I'm going to do right instead and I think that's, you know, that's an important Thing, and most people don't do that. Most people, what they do is they listen to other people's opinions and feedback, and then they respond to the feedback, whatever feedback they think is is most accurate or or most troublesome to them. They 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 respond to, and and so they're actually. They're actually outsourcing their decision-making ability to someone else and to the world. Right? You could say it's caring what other people think. It's 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 not allowing your own internal compass to guide you. Right? And so mm-hmm. I say the same thing in business and in management is, it's you know it's good to have a team that comes up with ideas and then someone working for you and to give them enough rope and and give them as much leeway as possible to to make decisions on their own and, and whatnot and and to to let the best ideas bubble up to the top and and to rely on that but ultimately i think it's also important that right whatever level of management that you're at that you are the ultimate decision maker that's that's why uh, you th- that's what a position of authority in my mind means that's the only thing that it, it really means like if you have authority over something, but you have to be responsible as well, right? So, you know, mm. like for for instance, with with my workers and my team, they basically have autonomy. I want them to do the work on their own. I don't. They don't need to really get approval from me on like they can. They can make their own mistakes, and and they should work autonomously without me having to tell them what to do or make every single decision. But ultimately, I will step in where where I need to. And, and ultimately, if I, if I, you know, need to s- say something like I, I'm, I have the authority in the, in the situation and I will always take into account what people say, but ultimately you have to make that decision if you're in that position of authority. But at the same time, I take hundred percent responsibility for every single thing that any person on my team does and the decisions that I make. So, so I think that's, that's sort of the balance there is that you want to you want to get the ideas you want to hear people you want to get the the, the you know the the best ideas to, to come out and forward but at the same time whether it's you who's the decision maker you can come out and say look okay here's what you know I, I've heard everything and this is what we're doing right yeah. and and this is you know why we're we're doing this and you don't have to agree but I do need you to be on board so, yeah and if you're not on board you're off the team because anyone who's not on board will be sabotaging the the, the effort, right? And so it's a good way to weed people out as, as well. And then you know if you're not the decision maker, if you have a different level of authority, then is there a team lead? Is there someone that you're appointing into that authority? And then you need to tell them, look, I I at the end of the day, you're the one who needs to make the decision. You take in account everything that's that's going on and what people have said and their ideas, but ultimately you are responsible. So you have the authority you make the decision and i think that's real critical i'm a big believer of chain of command and uh, to 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 make sure that that we have those those pieces in because a lot of times the you know the the meritocracy is not the ideal situation right because more more often than not the decisions that we're making like especially when you have a lot of intelligent people they're they're almost like there's multiple paths that are just about as good, right? There's maybe like something that's like 80% effective and one that's 85% and nine, it doesn't matter. Like wasting time is more of a, of an issue and the debates and arguments. It's better to pick the 80% decision over the 90% effective one uh, and, and move forward rather than waste time debate and stuff like that. That's at least that's how I see it. So
1: I think, I mean that, that makes a lot of sense to me and that's been kind of my, my experience as well. It's funny, like, um, you kind of have on the one hand, you've got this sort of agile, um, call it like euphoria, right. Um, where it's like, Oh, you'd have like these self, like if everything works perfectly, these self organizing teams and a total meritocracy and the team figures everything out and there, there are no real like leaders, you know, managers, I should say, maybe not leaders, but managers. Um, but in practice, I've seen exactly what you're describing, like that, that doesn't stand on its own. Like you need an ultimate decision maker. You need somebody that you can, you know, that's going to take the accountability and the ownership and really going to drive that thing home and, and move it along and make sure you don't get stuck in analysis paralysis and, and stuff like that. So yeah, that, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And
0: and business is war. I mean, imagine if you had an army where they're all just like sitting together and deciding what to do, like it it would not be very effective at all, right? Business is ruthless, it's cutthroat, it's war. And, you know, I think there's sometimes there's a little bit of an entitlement today where people think that their opinion should count and, and they should be respected for their skills and experience. And I understand that point, but I vehemently disagree with it because who's paying your paycheck the person who's paying you for the service is the one who ultimately decides what you're going to do you know that's that's the deal when you hire if you're an entrepreneur if you work for yourself if you're running your own business you get to call the shots if you're not then you're not you're not the authority you're not the one in charge you're not the one who's signing the paychecks and so that's i think that's important to understand and and in within that environment as an employee, you can operate in that environment with a, a fair degree of safety. Like, the, if you're in that environment, and the the person who is calling the shots, who has the authority, is also doing their job in taking responsibility, then you've got a, ba- a big safety net there, right? Like, you you're free from the responsibility. Like, you can like take risks, you can do things that that make sense. To you you don't have to worry about all of that because they're they're taking on that and that's you know that's what true leadership i i, I believe is, is is the person who's in authority taking responsibility as well uh, so that's you know the, i i see it as, as a value but but definitely there's a, a huge amount of an entitlement today i think with with a lot of the workforce and you know I, I don't tolerate it one bit if if you know i i'll just fire someone immediately if they uh, if they feel like they're entitled in some way right that you know ultimately, uh, if I'm paying someone, I want them to do the job that I want them to do, right, I'll listen to their opinion, I'll listen to, you know, their advice, I'm, I'm obviously hiring them, because I, I feel like they've got skills and good, good advice that that I want. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, right, it's a, it's an at will mm. <laughs> arrangement, right? Like, you're the one who's signing up to do this job to exchange the the money for the for the work. So
1: yeah, that, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. Definitely. It's funny when you were saying that I was just thinking back at that, um, the review you did of that Joel Spolsky article. Do you remember that where he talked uh, about um, he had, I think it was some kind of insane non-compete where he oh, was yeah. like, he's like, right. listen, um, anything you develop, I own it. Basically. Right. Even if it's in your, your off hours on your own computer, it has nothing to do with the business of what we do here. It's mine. I was like, what in the world? Like, are we your slaves or are we your employees? Like, what is going on here? You know? Um, anyways, um, I know we said about a half hour. I want to be respectful of your time, John D. I've got a couple more things, but I do understand if we're at time, you you tell me where we're at.
0: Well, yeah, we should probably wrap this up here. I've got a couple appointments, but uh But yeah, maybe, um, maybe just uh, finish up with kind of like maybe one, you know, if you've got one strong point about, uh, you know, maybe some advice that you have for, for everyone watching this and, and uh, yeah.
1: Okay. All right, cool. Um, I think the biggest, the biggest thing for me about when I think about the bulldog mindset and what it is, John, you're doing, um, and the the takeaway for me is just. Gain wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, John, I feel like you you have a lot of wisdom, you have a lot of life experience, and you know a lot of people like Dan Locke, like Manny, like others, who have a lot of wisdom. You have them on your channel. Um, and the thing is, life is short. you're not you're not gonna have time to make all the mistakes yourself. You're not gonna have time to learn everything firsthand yourself. So be reading, you know, be watching these YouTube videos, be talking with other people, um, you know, talk talking about things that matter and in, and, and don't be afraid to disagree with people yeah. too. You know, that's how you work out and sort through some of these things. Um, and, and like I said, John, I mean, I, I really feel like, you know, you're out here, you don't have to be doing this. You certainly didn't have to have me on the show. Um, and, I really appreciate it, man. I mean, honestly, I really feel like, and even from before, um, you're doing this because you want to do this, because you're, you're a teacher at heart and because you want to help people. Um, and I think that's a awesome and inspiring thing, you know, just just kind of on its own. Um, so I, I, I really appreciate that, man.
0: Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and, and real quick, uh, the site, so everyone can kind of check out, uh, because I think it's a really cool idea. Uh, wh- where should they go to, to find out about your, your new startup here?
1: Okay, cool. So that is eventsathome.co.co. I always want to put the M on the end. It's not oh. .com, it's .co. Uh, we we had a meeting about that once, but yeah, eventsathome.co. Is the startup, and yeah, we're hoping to to leverage the gig economy to kind of reinvent how we do events. So,
0: awesome, cool. Well, guys, check it out, and uh, yeah, it, it looks really cool. I wish you the best success on that, and thanks for, thanks for coming on the channel and, and sharing, Brandon. And uh, I look forward to uh, to uh, to hearing
1: your progress. All right, awesome, John. It's been great. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it.
0: Yep. Take care. All right. Bye.